1: Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Tim McGraw's famous song, Live Like You Were Dying, talks about a man faced with an illness, and he goes all out to do what he wants to do, before he dies. The message in the song is to live full out now, love deeper and speak sweeter. It's hard for us to get a handle on our mortality. But when we know that this life isn't the end for us, I know we can live a fuller life. The Buddhists have a meditation called Maranazadeh, where they contemplate their lives and their death. And as a result, they live with respect for their lives and a sense of urgency to live fully. Another practice that helps us live our lives more fully is to take care of the things we've left undone in our lives. And you don't need to wait till New Year's to do this. You make a list of all the things you've been putting off and been procrastinating about and things you say someday you'd like to do. Review the list and be honest with yourself and cross off the things that in your heart you know you'll never get to, or they're unimportant to you now. But pick the top three and put them on your calendar. Do a little bit every day, and remembering our goals can have us get there. Today I want to introduce you to Jane Duncan Rogers, who is the founder of Before I Go Solutions, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to helping people to live well by preparing for what's needed when we take that final adventure in our lives. You know what I'm talking about. The afterlife is reality, but like going on any trip, like a vacation, there are things we need to do to get organized before we go. This is not a conversation to fear, but instead something to embrace because your life will be a whole lot richer when you have a plan. Jane has been in the field of psychotherapy and personal growth for more than 25 years. She's the author of the book Gifted by Grief, A True Story of Cancer, Loss, and Rebirth. And her latest book is Before I Go, The Essential Guide to Creating a Good End-of-Life Plan. Her website is before I go BeforeIGoSolutions.com. Jane, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's a real pleasure to have you here today. Jane, will you tell us your story?
2: Okay. Well, I was uh, 53, I think, when out of the blue, my husband got di- uh, diagnosed with uh, stomach cancer. There was no Uh, reason for us to suspect that that might happen Um, so it was like it just sort of you know literally did come out of the blue and um, that was the beginning of a whole lot of changes Um, he uh, you know sometimes you hear about people talking about the last year with someone as being the best that they had well of course, there's truth in that, because like you said, when you're talking about death, actually, it focuses you to focus on life. And that, of course, is what we did in that, what turned out to be the last year, um because he died about a, a year later. I always knew that I would write about it because at the time I was a coach and I had a regular blog and I love writing. So I knew that I was Need to write about this momentous thing that had happened. Um, in fact, it was him dying was one of my greatest fears. We had not had children, and the thought of him dying and me still being around for quite a long time was really scary. I thought I would be sure. all alone in the world. Anyway, um, it did happen and um I wrote, I published Gifted by Grief. I started writing it about two years after he died, and then And that in itself was quite interesting because I just I knew that I had to wait until I knew, if you like, that I had to write about it. So I knew that I knew I was going to write about it in theory. But in practice, literally, I woke one morning and I just knew I had to start writing. And that's what happened. And the following year it was published, Gifted by Grief. And that covers our last year together and the first year of my grief. And then what happened as a result of that? I thought that readers would love, you know, the spiritual learnings and all this kind of stuff in the book. But actually, what they really liked and asked about was the chapter where I had written about the questions that I'd asked my husband before he died. Now, the thing is, when you're with someone who's dying, you don't know when they're actually going to die. So I'm saying this happened about four months before he died. But of course, at the time, we didn't know that. We had received an email from a friend saying, You must get Philip to answer all these questions. And there was quite a lot of them and they were all practical, like what kind of coffin do you want? How do you want your body to be dressed? Uh, What are your passwords? That kind of stuff. Really practical. And uh, neither of us wanted to do it. And it took three emails from her before actually I got my act together and together we sat down and we did uh, address these questions. And simply, I asked him the questions and he gave me the answers and I typed them in. And um, they were really helpful after he had died, really helpful to me. And when I wrote about this in Gifted by Grief, lots of other people identified with that and, and, and said to me, I need to answer these questions too. And mm-hmm. uh, Really, that was the beginning in a way. I didn't know then it was the beginning of what has now happened, but... You know, I'd had a background in um, running workshops and leading personal growth work. So I knew what to do in terms of setting up a workshop, which is what I did. I researched a little bit more on the questions and produced uh, just a, you know, a few pages of A4 stapled together as a workbook. We called it the Good Death Guide. I think that's how I learned that using that word wasn't quite ideal. Um people didn't like it at least not in the north of Scotland. <laughs> I know. But we did do we did do a workshop which sold out and then and there was a waiting list as well. So I knew that there was something important here and at this stage I felt like life was showing me the way and I just had to follow.
1: Well, and what a gift it is because you know I ta- I talked to a heart surgeon and he said just before somebody goes under the anesthesia they're looking back on their life. And all the things they did or didn't do or should have done. And there's all that unfinished business that normally comes yeah. up. And what would it be yeah. like to live life with all those questions answered that are on your quiz and, and have all those things done?
2: Yeah, that's right. It's like, you know, this is one of the subjects that people don't want to look at, which is understandable. I didn't either. But once you, do first of all admit that, yes, I agree, for example, I completely agree with you that we don't die, and yet we also have a body that does get uninhabited and then there are remains that have to be taken care of um and that's just at the physical level you know that um, when I say the remains are the remains of the body, but there is the remains of a life that has been lived on earth, and that can be quite a complex bundle of stuff if for your relatives or your friends to take care of if you haven't taken action right now. That's usually what I tell people. And everybody goes, nods their head and says, yes, that's a really good idea. Must do something about it. And then they don't do anything about it. And so that's really why the work that I do now is helping people to actually take
1: action now before it's too late. Yeah, I think it's really great. I mean, I I know from grief regardless of what we believe in the afterlife it's devastating to us we go on an emotional roller coaster it's to me the worst pain i've ever felt but now yes. i i really do have this image of checking out of a hotel i check the closet i check under the bed <laughs> i i check you know the bathroom make sure i've got everything handled so I can move forward in the next journey. And if Mm. we could look at end of our life here, as simple as, I mean, there might be more things to do. than just a short stay in a hotel. But what do we need to do so that we're free? Because nothing's worse than saying, oh, did I leave this? Did I leave this? Did I leave this? But once I really check, I know my mind is free. I I would think there'd be more freedom in life that we've handled all of these particles
2: yeah you're absolutely right there is and um because it's like you know when you know that something needs doing even if it's a low level you know low level in the background it saps energy from you you don't realize that until you've taken care of whatever it is then you don't have to think about it anymore because it's done It doesn't come up as a nagging thought or even some guilt that you're not doing anything about it. So therefore, you have more space to be able to devote to being here right now. You know, that's really important because if you know one thing, you know, especially if you have suffered the loss of someone dear to you, then you realize just how important this simple matter of life is. You know, when we're alive, we really want to be fully alive and not thinking about the past or worrying about the future or wondering if we should have done that or we should have done this. A bit like your hotel analogy. I love that, by the way. <laughs> um, and it's absolutely right. It's like, you know, we just once we've taken care of these things and in, in what I'm calling a good end of life plan, then actually we are free to more fully
1: live. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Should we go through your quiz? I don't know where we should start here. Well, you know Your quiz is pretty great.
2: <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. The quiz it's just a few of the questions from what has now become what I call the before I go workbook, which had its origination in those questions that I asked my husband. But when I realized, you know, that, that people wanted this, I thought, well, I need to do a little bit more research about this. And so there's been several iterations over the years and uh And the quiz now is uh, taking a few questions from the existing workbook to give you an idea. And it's really simple. Well, you know, you've done it. It is a really simple quiz. Basically, the questions are yes or no. And the more that you have no answers to, the more there are things that you need to be done. So were there any in particular that you were interested in, any of these questions?
1: Well, it's interesting because I'm looking on your website now to try to find the quiz because it's going to jot my memory. There was one something about, Do you have anything you don't want anybody to know about?
2: Yes, yes, yes. It's the last one. And it actually says, have you destroyed any private papers or documents that you'd rather were not seen by anyone else? Yeah, that's it. Well, you know, the other day I was giving a talk here locally and I said to them, now, does anybody have any secrets that they would rather somebody else in the family didn't know about? Jane, we have to take a quick break,
1: but I can't wait to hear. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: folks we need your music hey it's producer tom at coast to coast am and every first sunday of the month we play music from emerging artists just like you if you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit it's very easy just go to coast click the emerging artist banner in the carousel follow the instructions and we just might play your music on the air go now to coast to am.com to send us your recording that's coast to coast am.com
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Time flies. In a blink, 2024 is halfway over. What's something you've accomplished this year that you're proud of? Maybe you made it out of bed and to work every day. Or maybe you started shedding some old habits that were weighing you down. But even when you're making progress, life can feel like it's moving too fast. No one can slow time down, but therapy can give you a moment every week to hit pause, set intentions, and reset. Therapy is a guaranteed time to check in on how you're feeling, what you want to do more of, and what you want to change. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. You can start the sign-up process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Take a moment with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash shades.
1: High, High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com Happy New Year from your friends here at iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain and we are with Jane Rogers from Before I Go Solutions. Jane, remind us of that question that you ask people about secrets.
2: Does anybody have any secrets that they would rather somebody else in the family didn't know about? Mm -hmm. And the whole room burst into laughter. It was very funny. It was clear that, you know, that question is something that people don't usually think about. But the thing is, This is really important um, because, I mean, for example, I worked with a client a couple of years ago who was in the, the end stages of cancer. She was still relatively okay. She had got her workbook. She was on one of my first courses. She had actually done quite a lot, but she was on the course to find out what Elsa was to do. And there were two things, actually, that she discovered. She had forgotten to think about who might look after her pet. But the second one was that she hadn't considered her 20 years worth of journals. Now, in her journals, she had written her heart. You know, she poured out everything. And there was quite a lot, apparently, of things that would have been damaging to her family that Mm -hmm. were simply her way of getting uh, rid of the emotions at the time. But being aware of this, she decided, right, I need to get rid of this. And so she had a big bonfire. Now, that was another thing that helped her to feel free. It was another way that she was taking care of the ending of her life in this body at this time. The main thing about that question is that you make a conscious choice as a result of considering it. And most people don't even consider it because it doesn't come into their mind. You know, There's no right or wrong answers to this. It's just what is feels right for the individual person. So for some people, it would be important that all that kind of stuff was kept. right? Um, And maybe then they would talk about it beforehand to their children or to whoever it is that is relevant and say, you know, I'm leaving these because there's some wonderful stuff in there, but there's also some stuff that you just, you know, understand that this was just me releasing my emotions at the time. You don't need to take it seriously or something like that.
1: And there's some obvious questions that are, do you have a will? Have you got a power yeah. of attorney? You want to yes. speak of the importance of those? I
2: will. And um if people are anything like me, they think about the word will or lawyer and their heart sinks and they think about how much it's going to cost, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And of course that gets in the way. But the fact is, um, it is important to have a will because even if you think you don't have very much the whole process of dealing with the end of life becomes longer and drawn out, simply because you don't have the documentation in place. Sometimes, for some people, they can do a will themselves. I'm hesitant here because the difficulty with the legal stuff is that you don't know what you don't know.
1: Right, here too, in the US, I think it's probably everywhere.
2: Exactly, so on balance, it's better. I always advise people to see a lawyer. Often there are charities who will offer a free will-making service and they ask you to consider making a donation to them. So that's one way around it if money is a problem. These days also there are some free will-making sites that if you have fairly simple affairs, you can do that online and you um, you can get a will that way and it doesn't have to cost anything. But it does depend on your individual circumstances. And if you have anything less than very, very simple affairs, i.e., you don't own anything and there's only one person you're going to leave everything to, then it's definitely a good idea to get a lawyer. The power of attorney, uh, that's another one that um, people are not too keen on. But the power of attorney is the person who would be responsible for your finances. That's your financial power of attorney if you are incapacitated in any way or for your health, a welfare power of attorney, if you can't make decisions about your health. So the reason that this is is more important these days is because there's more of us who are living longer, but not necessarily in good health. So there's, and this affects our ability to be in charge of our own lives, let's say. So power of attorney really is a form of insurance, I think, you know, of, of course, we hope that you're not going to be incapacitated before you die, and you wouldn't ever have to use them. But we don't know. We just don't know. What is a living will? Yeah, living will. Lots of people recognize it as a living will, but more often these days it would be called an advanced healthcare directive, or um, in England it's called an advanced decision or an advanced directive. That's what we call it here. It's basically a statement that you make, Um, which dictates the treatment that you do not want to receive as you are approaching the end of your life. I'm saying that it's the treatment you don't want to receive. Now, this is important because our medical profession are trained to keep us alive and to do whatever it is necessary to do that, which is fair enough. That's what they're trained to do. If you are in a situation where you would rather not be kept alive, where you would be being kept alive by artificial means, say, then some people feel strongly enough to want to have that written down and made a legal document of and uh, communicated to the relevant people so that you are upping your chances of that your instructions being followed should you not be able to speak for yourself. I hope I'm being clear enough here. Yes, yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a particularly difficult one to do this. In fact, I've just finished a module on it. um, And it does take a bit of time because we have to imagine what we don't want to imagine, which is that we can't even imagine, which is that we, you know, would be still alive, but um, maybe incapacitated in some way, not able to speak or not able to move or to not be able to make our wishes known in some way. And that's not nice. And nobody wants to do that. Let's face it. But
1: You're right. I was with my dad going through all those kind of questions and it was so hard to do. Yeah. And I can't help but think if we could try to pull ourselves out of the equation and just like we we're doing it for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Someone we care about, but not as emotionally attached. And I think yeah. so many of us have been in the the left behind group and we've had to deal with all these loose ends yeah and it's difficult especially like i said when we're in that state of grief it's absolutely the last thing you want to deal with and it can yeah. take a good many years i've found for that heavy fog of grief to be released and so to have things being taken care of already i can yeah, just it, imagine how good that would it, be it,
2: it, you know, with my husband, some of, what, some of this we had taken care of, but I didn't know anything of all this at the moment at mm. that time. So I was just addressing these questions that my friend had sent me in the email, and that didn't cover everything I discovered. Um, but last year, both my parents died, and they had been great students of mine. You know, they thought the work that I was doing was great, and they had done their end-of-life plans. They had got a workbook each, and they'd completed it. We'd done it together. So we, me and my two brothers and sisters, we all knew what they wanted. And so when they died, which was suddenly, of course we were all grieving and it was a horrible, shocking time. But the thing that we didn't have to do was try and make decisions because all we had to do was go to their workbook where they had listed everything that they wanted. And that was really helpful, really helpful. Because when somebody dies, and you probably know this, Part of the process, the ritual of saying goodbye to them is being, is knowing that you're, you're giving them what they said when they were aligned well, what they said they wanted. That's actually very soothing, very comforting. And if you can't do that, you've got the stress of wondering, you know, would this be what they want? And I know maybe to some people that doesn't sound much, but I tell you, when you're grieving, things are different
1: things are very different. And first of all, I'm sorry for the loss of your parents. As much as I know we go on, it's really tough. So the fact that your husband and your mom and dad, my heart goes out to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. The good news is because you've had the workbook created, you can see firsthand what a gift it is to have it complete. And I'm sure you have more wind beneath your wings to share this because you know of the difference.
2: Yeah, in almost immediately something happened that I was able to share and affect quite a lot of people. Um, and I know that I know because of the conversations we had with my mum and dad that um, they would have laughed at this probably. In the year previous, my mum had met a funeral director and she had chosen a coffin that was cardboard, but it was covered in um, like wildflowers, you know, like a wildflower meadow. Yeah. And my dad had been almost the opposite. He just wanted a plain cardboard one. <laughs> and uh, so so we knew that that's what they wanted. And um, as it turned out, my dad had, my mom and dad, they both died in the same week unexpectedly. Wow. And I know it was really shocking. But And what happened was we had a joint funeral. So. We had both the coffins next to each other in the uh, crematorium. And I took a photo because they looked so beautiful. Hmm. And I put it on Facebook to let people see how beautiful they were. You know, that even in this awful situation, there could be some beauty. And so many people commented on the, particularly the coffin with the flowers on. People didn't know that that's possible, you know. Even just a couple of weeks or whatever it was after my mom had died, she was already making a difference in the world simply by the fact that she had planned and chosen her coffin earlier on
1: when she had been well. I was very touched by that. It's such a simple thing. And yeah, I, uh, I applaud your mom for doing that. Even yeah. my dad, like your dad, my dad was just whatever's the cheapest, he says, <laughs> least expensive, <laughs> nothing fancy.
2: yes exactly
1: (laughs) i'd rather you kids have the money he said than give it to a funeral parlor
2: (laughs) yeah well even knowing that piece of information you see is really helpful because we don't want to look at this subject people don't plan for it in advance and so when somebody dies we usually just do what we think we have to do which is go to a funeral director and we'll pay whatever it is because that's what you do you know right But we don't ever do that in other situations. You know, if we were getting the plumber in, we would be getting three quotes or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd be shopping around a bit. Now, if you're willing to plan, you can shop around. You can actually go and visit a funeral director. You can decide if you want one or not. You don't have to have one. You can go to the local crematorium or the local burial ground and have a look and see is this somewhere that would feel right
1: for you. But in order to do all of that, you have to be willing to face up to the fact that it's going to happen. (laughs) Jane, we'll talk more after our next break, and we'll find out about your beliefs in the afterlife. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. Are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Well, look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at ParanormalDate.com slash seniors. Enjoy your search and have some fun at ParanormalDate.com.
0: The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome
5: to Burger Yippee! Would you like a high apple pie today? Yes,
3: yes, yeah! I won! Woohoo! So that's
5: a yes on the apple
3: pie. I just won big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over twelve hundred games.
5: Yeah! So yes or no on the apple pie? wow I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around.
3: Have you had your high five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details.
4: High Five Casino.
0: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain and we are talking to Jane Duncan Rogers from before you go solutions. Jane, I know for me, grief has been very difficult and dealing with my father's after effects and family and all that. But there's been one thing that's made it so much better is knowing the reality of the afterlife. Can you talk about that?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually in my latest book, there's a chapter about that. Um, I think I called it what is a body because it's much, much easier to face up to this practical stuff if you know or if you're willing to believe that actually there is much more to you than just a body and that who we are really inhabits this body Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. the body that dies but not us. Exactly. It's so much easier to do it. Now, I know not everybody believes that, but hopefully, you know, people listening to this will be uh, at least interested in that idea if they don't already believe it.
1: Yeah, I think a good number. Maybe some of the newcomers may not and be interested in what's this show all about. I have combed the earth for, I think, the best of the best evidence of the afterlife and help through grief. mm -hmm. And I'm every bit as much of a listener as anyone who's listening So I know the difference I've had, and I can't help but think others that have listened to quite a few episodes really realize that we don't die. Mm. Our life is for a reason. So I think today really is the perfect time to have this conversation, because it is as if we are checking out of one place or leaving a home and doing another. You want to make sure everything's sorted, everything's taken care of for the new owners, you know, whatever. Yeah, that that sort of thing. Uh, But it is difficult because I can't, I'm sure you're the same way. If you feel a little grief, all the grief you've ever had is ignited. It was my anniversary of my dad's death. And even though I'm at such a good place that I know he lives on, I couldn't help but replay those last moments with him and the family feuds and all that, you know, and it's like, nope, stop. Nope. I'm not going to think that. So it takes something. It does.
2: It does. It takes a clarity of where you want to be directing your thoughts. And that actually applies, I think, to when if there is any fear around maybe not death itself or what comes after, but what might happen in the run up, let's say, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we're out of control then. And, you know, when you're healthy, it's hard to imagine that you might not that one day you might not actually be in control of your own body. It is hard to imagine that. So, I always say to people when you're contemplating this kind of thing, and especially the advanced directive and what you might like in your last days, which is another section in the workbook, it's a really good idea to, instead of trying to put yourself into the future and imagining it, just using the sentence, which is, if this had happened to me yesterday, what would I want? Yeah. So, you just turn it around. If this had happened to me yesterday, or if I had died yesterday, what would I want to be happening? Mm it makes it a little bit easier
1: sorry. because it's I'm yeah well cool. no i'm just thinking you have the workbook and you have the book yeah i'm assuming the book talks about it all and the workbook is actually an in action fill in the blank exactly Exactly.
2: And both of them, uh, if you did everything that I said in the actual book itself, the the guide, then if you did all those exercises and answered all the questions there, you'd have a pretty good end of life plan. If you want to be absolutely sure that you're covering all the questions, then the workbook is the one where all the questions are. But there's no discussion in that. That's why I wrote the book in the end, because um, that's where I'm discussing the thinking that needs to go on behind the
1: scenes in order to be able to answer the questions, at least for some people. No, it sounds great. Before I go, solutions.com is your website. So just a few other things on these this quiz that we don't think about. One of the things you say, is how do you want your body to be dealt with? Well, it dawned on me that I created this will, but you know what what happens? You know? Yeah. I said I'm okay with cremation, but that's as far as the directive I gave. Okay, so here's a little tip. It's Except,
2: um, a that's- good. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good idea to, even if you say in your will that you want to be cremated or buried or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. you want to have done, it's a really good idea to have that information accessible and known by other people as well, as well as your executor. Because if that will, for whatever reason, can't easily be found, then nobody's going to know what needs to happen with the body. Right. So this happened to a friend of mine, actually. Um, we she was, she was ill, but she wasn't expected to die. That happened unexpectedly. She was found one morning. She'd obviously fallen in the night, and she was no longer alive. And because she lived on her own, the police got involved, and they locked the flat. Now, she had done her preparations. She did have an executor. She did have a will. But because we couldn't get into the flat, nobody knew what, needed to happen about anything because her documentation was in was in there nobody else had a copy of it so it's really important that's why conversations is really important that's one of the components of a good end of life plan is to talk about it talk before you've made your decisions talk after you've made your decisions the Other part that is essential is get your decisions written down um, because it's amazing how many people remember a conversation
1: in a different way. Oh, isn't it though?
2: (laughs) Yes. So that's why I say it needs to be written down. Whatever it is that you come up with, it
1: needs to be written down. Yeah. Yeah. Our minds can't be trusted. And then I did some research about our brain strength when we're grieving and our memory is really shot. I found my cell phone in my refrigerator.
2: Yeah. Oh wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. When did that happen? Yeah, exactly. But people it, it, can relate. It, it it happens. So write them down. And there's some things as simple that we don't think of, as things like bank account passwords, mm-hmm. and even our like you call it our online presence, our Facebook, Twitter. Yep.
2: It is. I mean, these are really simple things. Uh, I mean, for example, um, with your digital presence, unless that's organized before you go, then it, you are still going to be alive digitally, so to speak. Now, that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but what I'm wanting to give people is a choice. So you have to think about it beforehand right? what is it you would want? You know, well, then it becomes, well, I'm not gonna be here, so what would the family want? Or what would the friends want, you know? And that's where the discussion comes in. But it does have to be taken care of because otherwise afterwards it's really difficult to get those accounts closed down if you haven't taken care of it with a named person beforehand. And that's all that needs to happen.
1: Yes, it's important to those that live on after us, but what I'm really getting, Jane, is how important it is for us and our quality of life now. I know what it's like to live life with a to-do list that's a mile long right now. There's no joy. There's no freedom. There's all the, I should be doing this. It's Mm -hmm. like a ball and chain. And once I start crossing off those things, there's a sense of freedom. And if we can cross off the list, the ultimate thing on our to-do list, think of the freedom to live life.
2: Yeah, it it does work like that. And um, of course, you know, once you get some freedom, then you usually fill it up again. But then that's another issue. (laughs) Uh, But at least this end of things is taken care of. And, you know, it is a very selfless act. Let's be really clear about this, because you're not going to be around to appreciate how grateful your friends and family will be. Mm -hmm. Now, you might be able to experience that from the other side, so to speak. But In this body, here and now, you're not going to be. And that's why so many people say, why would I do any of this? I'm going to be dead. I won't be here. It doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, that's quite a common reaction. Until people really start to think about the effect of that mess and muddle left behind, like when you check out of the hotel. Mm -hmm. If things haven't been left tidy, then there is a mess for other people to sort (laughs) through. and. And because people are grieving, that's made doubly difficult, even trebly
1: difficult. And I really do believe one thing in common by everybody who's listening right now is we've experienced that grief and we know that pain Mm -hmm. and then talk about the unfinished business as well. But I also know that one of the characteristics, I think, of being human is we love to be generous and who doesn't like to give a gift at the holidays, right? It, yeah, you know, it feels better to give than receive. And if we yeah. can look at completing our before I go plan as mm-hmm. a gift we're giving someone, yeah. It might be the way to get it done, as opposed yeah. to, oh, I've got to get this done. No, it's a gift. You know, think about your children or your grandchildren or whoever is going to be the executor, whatever. I mean, they're gonna be missing you, there's gonna be all that grief but to give them the ultimate gift of saying, oh, they had everything handled, that was easy. Yeah.
2: yeah, well, one of the little phrases that I have is to say that a good end of life plan is a great going away present. And oh, that- um, it is, it, it's true. Um, and there's another aspect actually about a good end of life plan, which isn't on the on the quiz. It's about creating your living legacy, what I call your living legacy. Now that's how you want to be remembered. And I call it a living legacy because it's never your legacy until you died. So while you're still alive and you're creating it, whatever it is, then that's why it's still living. But this is something like that you have a choice over. Traditionally, that might be um, simpler things like what their favorite recipe was or what was the perfume that they always wore. Because it's these sorts of things that the people afterwards will choose to really evoke your presence or evoke a memory and that can be incredibly valuable and that doesn't even begin to mention some of the adventures and learnings that you've had throughout your life that can be really valuable for people and we don't always know that when we're alive but I'm on a mission to encourage people (laughs) to do their living legacies because
1: those afterwards are so grateful usually that's very nice I don't have but a couple recordings of my dad's voice. Even speaking with my mom not too long ago, she started telling me stories that I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. just to have some of those things maybe recorded. Yes, exactly. And
2: we must underestimate how much people like to know about the person. We usually discover this at the funeral
1: when there's a eulogy of some kind. Let's take our last break now. And when we come back, you had said there's some components and you had some stories about the afterlife. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
0: Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the healthcare law called the Affordable Care Act. Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you.
3: One! won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort! High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over twelve hundred games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five, High Five, high five. Casino. Casino. Win at High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino.
1: Happy New Year from your friends here at iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with Jane Duncan-Rogers. Jane, what are these components you're talking about?
2: The eight components of a good end-of-life plan,
1: because I organize them into
2: eight components to try and make it a bit simpler to think about, because obviously there's the legals, and we've talked about those. There's the last days, and we talked about that as well. There is the funeral. When people think about death, they usually think about wills and funerals. That's what they know about. But you might not know that actually you don't have to have a funeral. You don't need to have a funeral. Really? But if you, yeah, 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 you don't need it. to have a funeral. What you do need to do mm-hmm. is the body needs to be disposed of legally according to the law in your country or wherever it is. The fourth one is the living legacy, which we've talked about. The fifth one, the digital life. We've, we've also talked a little bit about that. There is the the household now. the household covers things like how much stuff have you got in your house that might need to be sorted through. Usually, this provokes quite a few laughs as well because yes. other people have a lot of stuff, <laughs> and you know once you 're no longer there, somebody's going to have to go through it or it will just all get taken away by a house clearance person. If you don't want that to happen, then you need to take care of some things. That's from the decluttering point of view. Mm -hmm. But there are other things as well, which, um, for example, um, maybe 10 days or something after my husband died, I was on my own in the house for the first time and a friend had been visiting. And I had just taken her to the airport, actually. And I was coming back. I was coming back to the house on my own. I sat down to switch on the television. It came on, but not at the screen that I was familiar with. So clearly she had been doing something with it. And could I get it to the screen that showed the guide with all the different programs? I couldn't do it. And I was beside myself with grief. I was just in floods of tears because that's the sort of thing that Philip would have done. Right. In our house, you know, he was the one who was the techie one. He knew about all that sort of stuff. And I didn't have a clue. And I couldn't even in my muddled thinking state, get it to where I wanted it to be. Now, that could have been taken care of if he had simply maybe written down a few steps to take. Because, you know, I looked at the manual, but you know what manuals are like these days? They're yes, full forget up it. Up. I know, exactly. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing, detail, that you don't necessarily think about that can be very, very useful, i.e. things like how does the household run? How do the machines run? What happens? It's not unusual, even in this day and age, for um, many men not to know about much about what goes on in the kitchen. I know that sounds a bit sexist, but let's maybe say partners, but often I find it's men because okay. the, we're dealing at this age, it's mostly older people who are dying, and that's how they've been brought up in that generation. So that's the sixth one. And then I've mentioned also the uh, the last two of the components, and that is to share it with somebody else, to talk about it beforehand, and also to get it down in writing. Really important, all those areas. And that's what I call a good end-of-life plan.
1: Excellent. And I'm thinking in addition to, for those who are listening right now, we are people interested in the afterlife. And I know for me... Just to answer my own question, um, I'm going on and I would love to contact my loved ones from beyond, whether it's a certain kind of a sign or I'm interested in electronic voice phenomena, so I'm going to try this or here is a secret code that go to a medium and this is what I'm going to try to say. We could lighten it up. This is just speculation, Jane, but just this has been something that I've been interested in and your loved ones might not know that. You know, from where you're going to sit in the hereafter, you know, maybe it's what part you're going to play in their life. Sure. I'll be sure. with you when you quiet your mind. I'll be whispering in your ear, giving you love, cheering you on. That's lovely. I really
2: like that. What a yeah. nice thing. Yeah.
1: Because I think many of us that listen to the show and interested in afterlife things, it's still not mainstream conversation and no. many of us have people in our life that one eyebrow goes up when we start talking about this afterlife thing or reading a book yeah. and to be able to be honest with our loved ones in whatever workbook that we have yeah. being left. Here it is. This is my belief. I'm sticking yeah. around. I'll be there to cheer you on. I'm especially interested in this form of communication or this kind of sign and Keep your eyes out for a cardinal or butterfly or whatever, yeah that sort of thing
2: yes yes and I'm, I'm a great I'm a great believer in signs, and I definitely had my share of them after both my parents died and my husband as well and uh, somehow you just ha you just know you know you just know that that's them communicating
1: can I ask a couple of the signs that you've gotten sure
2: uh yeah my husband um it was about maybe three weeks after after he had died, and I was out in the woods walking. I was incredibly angry that this had happened at all. I didn't know where he was, and I really wanted to know where he was. I couldn't bear that, and so I was shouting out, where are you, where are you? And then about half an hour later, I was walking past a little copse of, going through a field, walking past the copse of trees, and I felt a very strong pull to go in the middle of them. Now, I've never had that before. I've walked past this copse millions of times. And in the middle, I sat down on a broken log and I looked up and I saw a dead tree with woodpecker holes in it. Now, I burst into tears at that moment because I knew that the woodpecker holes were the sign. Because we had been camping in um, California in a camper van one night in a particular place where we were surrounded In uh, by pine trees that had woodpecker holes, we'd had a long conversation about it, and we'd uh, even—I'd brought back some a little tiny bit of bark with a hole in it. So I knew that I had been guided there by him, with him telling me that he was okay. That's sweet. Yes, it's lovely, isn't it? And then there was another one with my mum. She loved hedgehogs, and she knew there was a hedgehog in her garden, but she hadn't seen it for ages months. She'd seen it once. I think it was maybe two or three days after she died. Uh, I was out in the garden and I in, in the middle of the day, and hedgehogs only come out at night, but in the middle of the day, I turned around and there was this hedgehog right in the middle of the lawn, just sitting there. It wasn't curled, curled up in a ball. It was just sitting there and I sort of crouched down and I looked at it and I thought, this is mum. Aww. <laughs> it was so sweet. I and mean, then it just sort of toddled off into the undergrowth, and but it was like, oh my goodness, she really is there, you know. It was really lovely.
1: It's really nice, really nice. There's a my aunt's friend's good friend's father had passed away not too long ago, and he was a big lover of cardinals, and there were mm-hmm. seven of them in the family left, and so they were all sitting in Dad's favorite uh, room, which is a little screened-in porch, and seven cardinals. Came uh, red cardinals, so they must have all been the males, into the tree right by the window. Oh, wow. When does that happen? Exactly. So exactly. our skeptical mind could say, uh oh, coincidence, woodpeckers, hedgehogs. But yeah. let your heart decide because these are signs. And well,
2: beautiful. you know, I said uh, after I said to um, my niece my, um, my mom's granddaughter, she was age nine at the time. I said to her, I told her about the hedgehog and immediately she said, that was granny. (laughs) So it was like, yes, I didn't suggest that to her. She just knew it as well. It was lovely.
1: (laughs) That's great. I I see my dad's name a lot. Mm -hmm. His name is John. And I would just glance up. and It'll be on someone's license plate or a sign Mm -hmm. on a restaurant or something. Mm -hmm. And so maybe back in the end of life workbook. It's like, I'm going to put Mm -hmm. my name places, you know, be on the lookout, you know, because those kind of things would really give hope to the person that's left behind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hope and, and it's soothing and comforting and all of that is really good. Yeah. And I can't tell you, Jane, how many people that I've interviewed that had near death experiences and things. And I have this vision of when we take our last breath, close our eyes here on earth. We open them in a place and it is like crossing the finish line. Our, our loved ones are there. Our pets are there. Everybody's long, young and healthy and mm. cheering us on. So to leave a few words behind too, in the workbook of, uh, be watching over you. This is what your life is for. And I will be right there when you cross the finish line, be the first one to greet you or, um, moments before you go you know i'll be there to take you to the next place something like that because those are things that can be held on to and really help someone in their time of grief beautiful yes so now will i take my own advice let's see well i'm committed to (laughs) totally good (laughs) jane thank you so much for being our guest today it's a pleasure really i
2: love talking about this
1: (laughs) oh i love that you love it because it's Kind of, I don't want to say a taboo subject, but it's hard for people to think about. And I, I can only pray that we've talked about the reality of the afterlife so much that this is the group that's going mm-hmm. to take the advice and go forward. Before I go, solutions dot com. Yeah, website names of your book. Before I go, the essential guide to creating a good end of life plan. And I'm also inspired by. Gifted by Grief, A True Story of Cancer, Loss, and Rebirth.
2: Yeah, there's probably a few more um, stories of signs and visions and things in that that Mm -hmm. one.
1: (laughs) Wow. Well, Jane, thanks again for being our guest. Thank you. It was absolutely a pleasure. And for our listeners, thank you so much for listening. I know this doesn't seem like a traditional show, but I do believe if we can cross off our list of things to do, this one big thing, which is our end of life stuff, we can live a whole different kind of life. And wouldn't it be great to live a life that you're really free to do what you want to do and you don't have this big thing hanging over your shoulders? So that's why I invited Jane here today. As a reminder, our home base is WeDon'tDie.com. Lots of new classes, of course, our Sunday gathering, and Come, just join us for something. If you'd like to read a copy of my book or listen to the audio book, just go to the store at wedontdie.com, scroll down, and use coupon code FREE. Be my guest. So I'm Sandra Champlain, and a big, warm thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network.